What's going on guys? Motorcycle Dad Lutito here. On assignment in a place on the West Coast. I know I've been building the suspense, okay? But I'm gonna get into a, a few details on that later here in a minute. But first of all, I wanna say something. This is my dad moment, okay? Um, I've been a stay-at-home dad for a few months now. And because I'm on assignment, my daughter had to go into daycare. And today was her first day in daycare. And as a dad, you know, I am a little bit upset I'm not there, but granted, she wouldn't have to go to daycare if I wasn't on assignment. But as a dad, I'm very proud of my daughter. You know, she's worked hard with me and we've, you know, patience with each other on potty training and we got potty training down. And, you know, I feel proud knowing that I sent my kid off at least where she knows how to pee, pee and poop in a, in a toilet. So, and wash her hands afterwards and be nice. And with this daycare, it's local in our community, like in our near our neighborhood and a uh, great, great place. I'll, I'll give them a shout out later, but that's going to be when I get back, I'll do something else with that one. Okay. I, I, I want to get more information. My kid's first day and I haven't had a chance to talk to her yet. Uh, cause it hasn't been, she hasn't been picked up in a different time zone right now, but, uh, I'll keep you guys informed on how my kids first day at daycare went. So I wanted to talk about that because this is the motorcycle dad and I've learned a lot about, uh, being a father and a dad these past few months. And it was because I had to take a step away from the industry and what I loved that it, it was possible. And I'm telling you guys right now, I wouldn't trade it for a billion dollars, a trillion dollars. I wouldn't trade it for nothing because I'm able to blaze my own fucking path for one, um, spend time with my daughter too. And I'm working on a project with uh, some buddies of mine, some friends, very close friends that consider my brothers. And leaving my former job was the catalyst for that. So always take something good out of a negative situation. That's my little, my little two cents, my little brain fart on that one, okay? But getting back to on assignment, okay. So I am on assignment right now with uh, my friend Tony Pizza, and we are in Ure, Colorado, okay? Um, we're working with a guy, uh, Neil, that we met through our last employment, and I ran into him just by chances after I left my last job. Nothing connected at all whatsoever, so any fucking weirdos out there thinking anything no um and just so happened to run into him and we've been planning for me to try to come in and help because i wanted to help out and being honest with you in all my years at eagle rider working tours and all this stuff i never had an opportunity to go on one or work a tour directly it was always from location so i jumped to the opportunity he's like well just you know just this and just that and it's been fun if you get a chance to come up here to ray beautiful place. We're staying at the Twin Peaks Hotel. Um, they have hot springs, which I'm going to hit up after dinner tonight, maybe if I don't pass out because it's been a long day. And me and Tony are just up here helping him. He's got a group of about 11, 11 uh, guests, yes, 11 guys, 11 riders. Um, they're from the New York area. I man, these guys are, are hilarious and they all ride really good. And you know, they're all good energy, good people. 
and you don't mind helping out. And I'm just doing something simple. I'm driving a support Jeep around, which they rented for us to, to use for the duration of this. Like, so it's like, oh, okay, I get a Jeep. And just going to location, helping these guys out stage because they're riding all day. So we get to the halfway point and, you know, I grill out, you know, hey, man, you guys need to drink some water because, you know, it's high up in altitude, about 12,000 feet in certain areas where they're riding. And some of these trails, you know, and not only that, they're doing some adventure riding. So different kind of riding, but this is exactly what I wanted to do with this podcast was getting different views of the industry and what people have a passion for. And I talk to these guys and I hope I get a chance to interview one, but that's that's completely up to them. Um, I talk to these guys and they're all super passionate about power sports in general. So like whether it's adventure riding, which I found out some of them, they just started not too long ago. It's only been a couple of years for some of them. And I see them as better adventure riders than I am, but it comes down to saddle time. They've had way more saddle time in that past two years than I have. So, you know, but it's something to aspire to and learn from and to see this, it was great. So, um, check out the Facebook page. I'm going to post some pictures up there. Uh, and it's just something else to be, you know, to show you guys in the industry. So that's what I've been doing. I'm just here to help out and it's been fun. It's really, really fun. Great group of guys, great energy. Great to see these guys be passionate. You know, it says something when see these guys rolling in, we we're waiting for them when they came back to, you know, the, the hotel. And it's like, I was talking to one of them. I was like, look, that says something right there altogether. Everybody was fucking smiling and fucking geeking out. And I've seen that not just from adventure riders, but I've seen that from, you know, Harley riders and street bike riders. It's something that's very common in our, in, you know, in this line and this passion that we're doing. And that's the reason why you do it. You know, for the passion and for the love of it and the enjoyment. And seeing that makes me even more determined with the podcast, with the projects that I'm working on. So just just stand the fuck by, guys. There's some fun shit coming your way. Okay. So this episode, lucky number 13. All right. I'm going to go over some Revzilla deals that I've seen this one. Uh, and then I'm going to break into, there's a segment day one with me and Tony. We left. Vegas Sunday night at like midnight left my house and we got here like 10 in the morning and we were just sitting here waiting for the rest of the guys to come we were the first ones to show up so uh waiting for Neil um and the truck and trailer and everything to show up and the guests to show up and stuff so um it's it's been fun and uh that's why we we did the first segment or the first interview with me and him after dinner tonight we're gonna do another one so I'm gonna try to drop uh, at least two to three episodes if I can while I'm here, because we are going to be busy, and I don't know, things can happen, so just leave it at that, okay, so interview with Tony, then I got some uh, motorcycle news coming up in the third segment, and then that'll be it for this episode, so start it off, Revzilla guys is auctioning, uh, offering an extra 5% on closeout items, all right, so go through, I'm not going to go through all of these, but you got helmets, jackets, uh, boots, V-twin and metric accessories in closeout with the extra 5% off on them. I saw some race suits on there, not my forte, so I didn't, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But one of the things I went to were accessories and tool items. One of the categories I went to, accessories. And let me tell you what, guys. What did I see? A bunch of stuff. But a bunch of stuff also caught my attention was a battery maintainer trickle charger on fucking sale for $14.99. All right, so 
I go back to what I preach all the time, guys, about battery maintenance and battery, you know, making sure you're not spending unnecessary money. And let me ask you this. How can you justify paying $150 to $200 or maybe $100 if you get the cheap or like $50 you get the cheap Walmart motorcycle battery? But paying anything more than $14.99, if you could have paid $14.99 and got a fucking battery tender on sale, I mean, I'm sorry, I've never seen a $14.99 motorcycle battery. So anything over that price is kind of not smart to pay for that. So why would you pay that money? So guys, get in there and look at the deals. They had a chain brush. Uh, so if you don't have a chain brush, they had them on sale for like $4.99. So, uh, chain breaker tools, chain, you know, to install the chain with the master link tool, all that stuff. Look through and shop for those items. Like I said, always compare the prices. But still, look through and shop for those items, all right? I'm not going to... I'll tell you the highlights, but I'm not going to do everything for you. You got to get out there and do some of that shit yourself. All right, guys. I got me and Tony coming up. And then after that, next segment. Like you already know. Guys, this is Motorcycle Dad with Tito. Tito on location in the middle of fucking nowhere, Colorado. The only reason why I'm able to record this shit is because we got Wi-Fi here at the hotel. We were kind of, they were kind enough to give us the Wi-Fi password before we checked in. I'm here with a very good friend of mine, somebody I consider my brother, Mr. Tony. Tony, tell the people hi. Hello. Buongiorno. 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 Grazie. Buongiorno. Grazie. See, so. Gorlami. Gorlami. <laughs> this is my friend, Ventantonio. If I did I say that did I pronounce it right actually? I should get okay, Ventantonio. This is the one I was telling you, he's from the motherland, Italy. The real mother the, the Italian motherland. Not not that Italian New Jersey with gravy and noodles. Not that bullshit. He's from the real motherland. Okay. But we are on location because this is my surprise, guys. Okay. I've been planning this for a couple months. There's a tour operator, and I'm going to leave until I talk to him and let him know what I'm doing because I'm not sure if he knows I have a podcast or not. I am going to leave him nameless for the time being, and trust me, we're going to record a lot while we're here the next week. But there's a tour operator me and Tony worked with in our former career, you know, a former dealership group we were with, and great guy, great tour company. And it's funny, out of all my years at Eagle Rider, I never went on a tour or helped support a tour. And here it is. I had to quit the industry in order to do it. So we're here helping his company out, just helping out. We drove out from Vegas. Well, we left at what, 1130 last 1130, night. 1130, yep. And we got here in Colorado in Ure. They say, hooray for Ure. All right. The Switzerland of America. Never even fucking heard of this place. So I figured we, while we're sitting here waiting, we go ahead and bust out some podcast shit. So, Tony, I usually ask my infamous questions, famous, infamous, whatever fucking people want to call it, question, okay? Just to start off with telling us a little bit about yourself. So, when did you first fall in love with motorcycles? First fell in love with a motorcycle was back in uh, 2001. I was in high school. Um, Yeah, I was in high school. Uh, Bought my first dirt bike. It wasn't like... A newer dirt bike back in the days, you know. I had a 1987 Yamaha 125 two-stroke. That Yamaha. Enduro. 
That thing was badass. I bought it for a hundred bucks, dude. Hundred bucks, dude. Old dude, ass fucking bike. You were even hustling on deals dude, back then, bro. And I put it back. You know, like we were doing like forks with my uncle. You know, working with my uncle was like my passion. Like it was like he's the one that actually got me into motorcycles. Otherwise, out soccer. You know, in Europe. That's how we play. So, got this bike up. Uh, I remember we used to go to, like Lake Paris, man, and just ride. Just that's all it was. Where's Lake Paris at? Lake Paris, California. Okay. Yeah, Lake Paris, California. Um, and mine, I, I'm the only guy there with like just boots and t-shirt and jeans and this old ass bike. And I was just holding ass cause I didn't know how to ride. So the first time I went riding, my uncle kind of explained it to me like, Hey man, this is the brake, this is the clutch, twallow, this is how you start it. And I'm like, cool. You know, I think I got it. Let's get it going. And I'm kicking this bike for like half hour. And my uncle's just laughing at me. I'm like, why the hell this bike won't start? You just started. And he's like, hey, stupid, the peckcock. <laughs> so I'm kicking his bike for like 30 minutes. The peckcock. Pulled the peckcocks. So for, first thing I learned, man, peckcocks, very important. Shut the peckcock. Turn okay. the peckcocks on. <laughs> so that that goes over, that was your first motorcycle, right? That was right? my first bike. That was when man, you first I fell, fell in love. love. Bikes. So what do you ride now? Uh, right now, I have a 2004 GSX-R 750. The Jigster. The Jigster. All black the Jigster. out. Golden black. With the Italiano but, uh, flag on the front. With the Italian flag in front of it. Yeah. Only one in Vegas. <laughs> yep. In Vegas. See me. <laughs> now, if you can, you had money was not an option, balling out of control, what would be your bike of choice right now? For the, the future. What, for the future of the bike of choice. Well, I got two in mind. Um, but my number one pick uh, will still be a 1250 GS. GS or GSA? A GS. Not a GSA. Why not a GSA? Um, because of the, the riding style that I do. Like a GSA is more for like a touring, like more road touring mm. friendly versus being trail uh, on the trail. Um, the G, the regular GS is a little smaller, so you can actually go to tighter, like three foot trails, and you can get lost in the woods versus having this big ass GSA on the side. Now there's a low position, uh, you know, there's a low GSA also, but I will never buy a low GSA just for the fact for me it's like off roading is my main, so why have like that six inch clearance? Like it won't do nothing for me, you know. Yeah, you it don't over logs, you can't. Yeah, it's irrelevant. It's at irrelevant. That point. Yeah. Okay, okay. That'll be my number one pick. So, to give you guys a little bit of background, Tony first started, me and him first started working together over at Eagle Rider Las Vegas. And this was back at the old shop on Arville yeah. before they turned it into an escape room place. <laughs> uh, I remember I hired him. It was after I, I got into Vegas. I've been there for maybe three months. And they need to hire some more techs because we were, we were fucking slammed. And I hired two technicians. Tony was one, and Tip was the other one. Yeah. We'll talk about Tip later. For you, I still remember when you first came in. Wasn't uh, Chris said? Or oh, so yeah. I was like you, because you were going over every fucking bolt yeah. with a fucking torque like, wrench. School is over, motherfucker. <laughs> well, in school, yeah, like yeah, in school. School. School is out, motherfucker. Fucking get to work, motherfucker. Dog, that is fucking funny. 
Hmm. Let me see. So let me ask you this. What are you excited about on, because like I said, I've never, after all the years of work at Eagle Rod, never went on a tour, supported a tour, other than being at one of the major locations. And what are you looking forward to? I don't know. I really want to like see what the Astro tour operator does. I, I, I know, you know, it's, you know, beside actually like getting the guys on the road and ride somewhere. I want to see like what the whole operation is all about. Yeah, like Mainly, how, like, how hurt how hurting yeah, the cats is gonna go. The cats is gonna go, especially when you have you know ten plus cats to haul around, and uh, you know a manageable size for one person, you know three to five, that's manageable. But you know there's a lot of back uh, back of the office stuff, you know hotel driving times. You gotta meet those times. You know you can't be late. And I see a lot of. Uh, that's the ironic part for me because, yeah. like, it's weird being – I'm used to being in a, like, director, manager, now to be on the support level, which I don't fucking mind. I'm fucking happy to like, fucking I'm come excited. back down because, like, like me and you were talking yesterday. You know, I was talking about quality of life or mm -hmm. on the actually today on the ride here, on the drive here, shall I say. You know, quality of life. Like, I was telling you, I was able to take my wife and kid out to dinner and spend time with them before I left versus whenever I was over at the other companies. Dude, I'd be working all the way until I leave, sometimes working on the way to the airport – and working while I'm in the airport, and I didn't get that time. So, quality of life's a, a big thing. Because oh, just to give you guys a heads up, Tony used to work at the last dealership group with me as well, and it came down to that balancing point of finding your true happiness, being happy, being okay with going to work, and then being fucking miserable. You know, if your passion's not in it and you start turning into a shit employee, yo, it's time for you to go. And me and you have many a talk over that. Yeah, we are. My biggest thing is I'm always looking to take something away from that a situation, especially like that, no matter how negative I feel that it was. I feel it'd be a fucking disaster if I don't at least do some self-evaluation, some soul searching, and try to pull something out to make me better. You know, especially when you're around people to fucking point fingers and blame everybody anyways. It's oh, like yeah. it's easy to get wrapped up into that and not look at personal responsibility. What is one of the things that you take away even though it was kind of a poisonous, negative, just cesspool relationship at that end. But what is it that you're taking away from it? Whether, you know, like, you know, self-awareness or yourself or some shit like that. Um, you know, as much as they drilled into our mind, know your numbers. I think okay. I took that as a positive, um, uh, positive take, even though it was, a, it was implemented in a negative kind of way yeah but i i can you can actually turn that and say hey know your numbers know what you have what you're making yeah it's, i mean because you, you don't have to have like and that's the thing man like when i it was always know your numbers and know where you're where you're at so you know how far you got to go exactly what was it i heard i heard uh i was listening to a podcast i was telling you about that with drama mm -hmm. long story short with uh where he did uh dana white and dana white's like they do a five-year plan and he left it as simple as this. He's like, you got to, you know, know where you're going so you know how to fucking get there. Like, if you don't even know where the fuck you're going, then how do you get there? How do you focus your energy? How do you devote time and shit towards that? Right. Now, your family already business owners and such. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you took away to help you on the business side with your family? Because that'd be a real bonus if it was. But Or is there just something in general that you learned on like you know how not to treat people or how to treat people or anything like that 
Well, definitely how not to treat people. <laughs> um, as a manager, uh, you know, coming, you know, you, you're also looking up from the top. You can't be pointing fingers to everybody. Like, it's like everybody's fault but yours. Like, you got to own when you fuck up, pretty much. Um, so what I what I really took away from that place, um, the structural of the, the of a dealership, uh, you can actually implement that in any business, uh, but with moderations. You can't have one person do so much because otherwise you get overwhelming and nothing gets done. That was a huge weakness that was there. Huge weakness. Over there. It was delegation. Yes, and not only that, trust. Yes. Which is weird because the environment I try to build in the service department over at Eagle Rider was like that one of trust oh, and like and fucking where it's like they everybody, yeah, you got to have good energy and you got, everybody's got to feed off you mm-hmm. and feel like you're not full of shit too in order to follow mm-hmm. you in the fucking, in the battle in a sense when we're working until fucking midnight eating yeah, Kane's chicken, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude, eating Kane's chicken, Thanks, working, until, working until midnight. <laughs> you're an asshole. <laughs> you got to say that thing. It's all good, whatever, man. Special shout out, fucking the Kramer. Special shout out, fucking brum, 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 brum. <laughs> fucking Kramer ass looking motherfucker. <laughs> either way, either way, on to on to the next thing. Let me. So, where are you at right now? As far as I mean, I know we're coming out here, we're helping Neil and shit. But you, I know you're kind of in a a decent spot, like I am financially, mm-hmm. to where it's not you don't have that overwhelming pressure. And not only that, I know you you do. A tremendous amount of work with your family's business so where where do you see yourself going from here because one of the things for me was up until I, the time that i started this podcast i was thinking about getting out of the industry completely because those two places just devastated my, like my the way i've looked at myself and the confidence i have because i took so many l's over there not a lot of w's on the wind board the wincom i felt like like the cleveland browns were actually the fucking giants <laughs> they fucking suck tampa bay fucking tampa bay and the giants Fuck. fucking biggest losers um i that's the way i felt so it took me a couple months to get back around to like wanting to be in the industry where do you see your passion taking you in the future do you see it taking you anywhere do you want to stay in the industry how how does that look for you um you know, after, like you said, after coming out of that chaos, I want to call it chaos, yeah, um, I had to take some time off. I was just, my, my, my brain was like still in and into the game, but they're not want to deal with any of this stuff. So I'm at like, what, month three coming up? Dude, it's been, longer, it's been longer than that, bro. I think you're on so month June, four. June 4th, 15th. Was it June? June, July, August. Okay. Yeah, June 15th, July, August, September. Yeah, month three, month four coming up. So um, I'm actually refreshed. Um, I get to spend a lot of time with the family. Like my my immediate family, you know, beside my parents and my brother, um, I have dogs. So it's like working there like 14-hour days, six days a week. And on your day off, you get phone calls and you can't even go to the mountain and enjoy your walk with your dog. And it was stressful for me. Like it was just... Well, I mean, it comes back to the quality of life because it seems like it's a big struggle and balance in that in any mm-hmm. like in automotive and in power sports industry. But we, I, I, I preach quality of life and taking care of yes. yourself a lot because it's so easy to get annotated into the business and get so fucking engulfed in all the drama and the constant Chinese fire drill shit you're doing. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, 
dude, I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that either. Cause like I said, trust me, it's, it took a toll on me too. It's like, you can only be a superhero for so long. Look, man, I'm good, but ain't nobody that good to deal with that mm-hmm. bullshit. <laughs> nope. So where do you see yourself so, going in the power sports industry? You think you'll just, you know, dabble as a spectator for the time being, or maybe you might want to get back to it or no, where is your excitement right now in the I, industry? For me, the excitement in the industry right now, I think, Especially for the off-roading um, and in the sports side of the industry, electric, man. That's where it's at. I think I see electric motorcycle just... It's funny. Huh? Booming, man. Funny, funny how that's a recurring theme, guys. Funny how that goes. Hmm. Pay attention. Yeah, it's, it's going, man. Like, I mean, like you say, you know, the, the, there's bikes that they already do 100, 100, over 110 miles, 180 miles. On the first charge, you don't have to wait three, four hours to charge it. Get a power pack, bring it with you. Thirty minutes. Go to the restroom, charge that sucker up. You gotta have a break, especially on the sport bike. You can't do more than a hundred miles. Like it's gonna hurt your back. Don't know. <laughs> At shit, least right? me. I mean, that's some road warriors. <laughs> they go like California back on those bikes. Bro, that's crazy. Ah, I remember we used to, me and my buddies, we used to go out to Montezuma Highway, Borrego Springs. And I remember that was my first encounter with, like, hardcore, like, adventure riders, dude, because we stopped at the gas station. We're sitting there posted up, just chilling. And because uh, one of my buddies went down, and he was sitting there. He was icing his balls, actually, because he hit his nuts <laughs> in the gas tank when he went oh, down. Boy. Yeah, he was icing his balls. But uh, I remember watching them come out of the desert with the extended gas tanks and all that shit. <laughs> and I was like, damn, what the fuck? And they were like, oh, yeah, we came from Bakersfield or some shit. I was like, what the fuck? That was my first encounter with like adventure riders. You used to be big in adventure riding, right? Like, yeah, I mean, oh, I love yeah. When I first met you, you had that GS, and I you fucking love that thing. Yeah, um, I had a GS, put uh, thirty-two thousand miles in a year and a half on it from zero. <clears throat> um, I did the uh, forty-nine states. Well, obviously, I didn't go to uh, Hawaii, um, and then uh, all all the way down to Panama, man. Down Mexico. All the way down to Panama. On, that bike. on the GS? On the GS, dude. Was this before or after you went to MMI? This is uh, before before MMI, when, it got out of, when I got out of service. You know what's funny? I never knew you went all the way down yeah, to Panama. All the way down to Panama. Loved it. I put most, most miles on that bike. Um, definitely got to get your stuff together because there's more to it than just getting the bike and ride. I mean, now, did you ride with a partner or did, did you go solo? It's best. No, it, I rode with uh, three partners and then uh, one turned around at the... The southern Mexican border, he came back up because he has family in Mexico, so you want to stay in Mexico. But uh, both of us, I mean, we went all the way down, saw the canal, and it just turned around, came back up, man. Took uh, two and a half months. It was awesome. Damn. I loved it. I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm a, an adventure freak rider. Like, I'll ride anything, but, man, you put me on an adventure adventure bike all day it can be like a 250 wr 250 or it can be a 1250 gs whatever you want to you want whatever you want to put me on i'll i'll ride adventure all day that's that's my passion yeah you seem pretty confident on an adventure bike like i'm still getting confident with the bigger adventure bikes um i did have a royal infield himalayan for a while but that's after having experience riding gs's Mm -hmm. i just wanted to get a little bit better in dirt even though like most of my dirt riding was on a rental bike anyways on a gs when we went off-road and over by Christmas Tree Pass and shit. Oh, yeah. That was pretty fun. That was fun. Yeah. If you guys, if there's any adventure riders listening to the podcast, good ride. 
Uh, you're gonna head out to towards what is it? Fucking searchlight. Searchlight. Yeah. What's it? Was that? Is that a 95 over there or no? Hold on. What's the freeway? Head towards searchlight. About 10 minutes outside. I'm gonna give you some fucking redneck fucking some daggone country backwards Bubba Gump fucking directions. <laughs> so Mija, you wanna go to searchlight? Don't speed through there because the cops will the give cops you a fucking there. ticket, yeah. man. Then once you get past the search light, you're going to see it on the left-hand side. It's to say a Christmas three pass. You take it out of the road. And it drops you all the way off in the Laughlin. Yep. And that was a all fun ride that day. Now, I rode back with the slow guys on the way home because you, yeah, you guys ended up fucking hauling ass on the way back. Yeah, there's a lot of sand up there. So if you're, if you're not confident in sand, um, I would say don't do it as a first ride. I would say go to toward Pahrump and do those back roads so mm-hmm. that, that we can build some confidence. But uh, if you go during summertime in Christmas Tree Pass, there's a lot of sand, so make sure you have some knobbies. Uh, make sure you have the right equipment. TKC 80s. Yeah, TKC 80s, man. TKC 80s all day. That's tired, man. They're inexpensive. And dude, everybody, that was number one. Dude. I still never wonder why we never had a. Never mind. I'm not even going to start down there. I'm not even going to start down there. We already <laughs> talked about that on the ride here. Oh, yeah. Well, look, bro, I'm going to cut this short right now. Guys, look, we're going to have. A lot more recordings while we're here. I want to at least to get at least three. That's my goal. So we're kind of tired because we left my house at 1130 last night. We've been on the fucking road until about 10 o'clock all day. And then we went, we ate breakfast. We ate at this nice Cajun restaurant here in downtown. And like, guys, this place is beautiful. Google it. Ure, Colorado. It is a capsule in time. Let me tell you what. Nothing mainstream here. You're going to see nothing but local town stuff. So I'm going to take some pictures. Maybe we'll do some podcasts from a couple of different restaurants or the brewery here. There's a couple breweries here. And breathtaking. Tons of bikes. We actually rode up to some outside of the valley here of Ure into some of the mountains. I'm not going to lie, yo. I had some flashbacks from boot camp. I was actually kind of scared, dude. You look over and there was nothing but a fucking ledge there, dude. It's like, <laughs> yo. It's like, no. Stay in the middle. <laughs> Stay in the middle, bro. Stay in the middle. Yo, there was a dude up there driving that fucking that RV. Oh, yeah. RV was... towing a truck. Bro. Like a Oof. F-350. Wavos, bro. Bigger wavos. Bigger, wa- bigger wavos than my, my chickens laid, And dude. there's no Trust railing me. on the right. <laughs> no railing, dude. Straight drop off, son. Craziness. No no lane one on repel. None of that. Nope. Lane, lane, lane one on repel. No, lane right one on right lane. Right <laughs> go, go, go. What was that you? We ain't found nothing. We ain't, we ain't found shit. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. Look, it's going to be a lot more of this. I'm glad I finally got Tony on uh, on the podcast, and uh, we're going to keep going, guys. Keep it live. Keep it listening. Thanks for listening. See Bye. you guys. See you soon. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that uh, that talk with me and Tony. Um, pardon me if we sounded a little loopy or a little like lackadaisical or brain fartish, as I like to call. Uh, we were running on very little sleep. Like we left that night, I want to say it was around 11.30 we left my house. I maybe got an hour sleep. He maybe got an hour sleep and we powered through the whole day. So like that's the reason why like last night I didn't record shit. We just crashed. Um, it was bad enough as it was so um but going on in motorcycle news in this segment i got two companies that have stepped up to the plate i got rock okay and polaris 
Now, in case most of you don't know, and a lot of people don't if you haven't been to the expos in the past couple of years and whatnot, Rockstar is a company building Jeep-like electric vehicles. Um, they're supposed to be little recreational vehicles. They look really cool to me. I mean, I may consider buying one. Maybe if I ever won the lottery and got a you know second home and wanted some extra shit. But um, they sent five vehicles and Polaris uh, sent vehicles as well to the Bahamas to aid in the, you know, the, the hurricane relief there, because, you know, those guys, it's, it's really hard for them to get, you know, petrol and stuff like that into those islands. So drop those there, you know, they can use solar power, charge it up, help out. Um, Polaris still even, you know, good old combustion engine, huh? Still, it's good to send those out there. Cause you got to think whatever they're going to send, whether it's Rangers, some of the other more, uh, UTV type vehicles are definitely going to help out and get into some of those places that big, you know, big vehicles can't get into what big vehicles are left, if there's any left. So it's a lot easier to get those vehicles onto those islands than it is to get Jeeps and trucks and stuff right off the bat. And look, I commend these two companies. You know, they're they're stepping up, they got good PR in their favor. They're definitely good to go. So good on them. Moving on, if you have not seen the new Icon Streets Not Dead video, that was filmed in Detroit, you fucking up. Go to YouTube and watch it, even if you're not an Icon fan, okay? And I say that because of this. Detroit, I have a couple of friends that are from Detroit. I wish, I hope one day to go um, because I see that there, there are good people there doing a lot of good things in Detroit. And I commend Icon for stepping up and doing something like this. Now, granted, it's PR doing their thing as well. I'm not going to deny that, but it's pretty cool video. It's pretty much, uh, let's see, who's this guy's name? Kyle Sligger, okay, is the one performing the stunts in this, and it's a pretty badass video, just ripping up Detroit. It's almost like a Jimmy Connor, Jimmy Connor uh, video in a way, but definitely motorcycle. It doesn't feel like he's robbing it, like, yo, cheat off my homework, but change the answers a little bit type shit. It's like, yo, you don't even think about that. It's just cool to see these dudes or this dude doing rolling burnouts nonstop everywhere. And they even show portions in the video where like he'll fall over. But it's like, I'm not saying that to clown him by any means. I think it's raw and cool as fuck to put that authenticity in there to show. Cause like you're talking about, we only, when we see these videos, we only see the good stuff. We don't see all the times these guys are fucking breaking bones and falling and fucking their shit up. We only see the cool edited versions of that. So I thought it was cool that they edited that in to show it. It's like, yo, man, these guys put in work. They really get fucked up. He had uh, one of the new helmets on. I think it's the one that glows in the dark with all the fucking eyeballs on it. I don't even know because personally, that's not my style. If that is, that's cool. It's a glow in the dark helmet. Whatever. Teach his own, right? Everybody's got their own thing. So go check out that video, please. In other news... SSR is going to be apparently the bell of the ball, the Ames Expo this year. If you don't know what Ames Expo is or AIM Expo, it's the American International Motorcycle Expo. They have like three of them. I know Progressive uh, does an expo. Geico does one too. Uh, but this one's a pretty big heavy hitter. Uh, I've been myself personally. I've been uh, first couple years. I went last year because they had it in Vegas. Um, this year they're having it in Cleveland, Ohio. So 
good for Ohio to have some kind of, you know, revenue and boost in the economy. And I think what they're doing is they alternate. So next year it's going to be back in Vegas. This year is going to be in Cleveland and back and forth. I digress. Either way, that's what the AIM Expo is. So a lot of manufacturers there with boost. It's, you know, you go in there, you get tons of swag. It's great for, you know, if you're in the industry too, to network and see product in hand up close. But SSR, the Chinese manufacturer that makes Benelli, and the one that Harley's getting, you know, forming a deal with to build their Chinese uh, bike over there, their Asian market bike, is going to have some new 2020 shit out there. So they're supposed to be the bell of the ball. It was enough to end up on one of the Power Sports websites that I pulled information from. So that that's cool. You know, more more Chinese stuff. I'm not really excited too much, but you know, I guess for the people that are, that's cool. And I got one other piece of information before I go for the news. Okay company i hope i'm fucking pronouncing this right i'm gonna spell it out first but remember i am a fucking marine jarhead so t-a-i-g-a taiga motors all right and this is the first time i ever heard of this shit has developed a personal watercraft aka like a wave runner jet ski type deal personal watercraft called the orca that is a hundred percent electric Guys, the power sports industry is by far, like I said, it's going to, it is going to rocket electric technology. And this is one of the examples of that. Okay. They're expecting to drop the Orca that has a two hour, uh, playtime range and it goes up to 65 miles an hour and there's only going to be 400 in North America. They're dropping it summer 2021. Okay. So go take a look, uh, type in Orca electric watercraft, but I'm telling you guys, the technology is easy, more easily applied on the power sports side than it is the car side. Because remember, that's technology has been in, room, in running in the car side for, you know, a few years now, but I'm noticing I'm seeing more applications for it in power sports. So, and it makes sense because it's, it's cheaper to some people, it's more afford not cheaper. I always fucking hate saying cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap. It's more affordable for people to say that I'm gonna invest ten thousand dollars into an electric motorcycle. Or twelve, you know. In all fairness, twelve is the baseline lowest end for most of these companies. So you're getting the bare minimum range, bare minimum stuff. So, but still, twelve thousand dollars compared to you having to do maybe not that. Nowadays, I can't believe $30,000 isn't a lot, but $35,000 for a Tesla base model as well. Well, you're more than likely going to get a few more people to get the $12,000 one than the 35 or, you know, 32,000, whatever the credit is and all that stuff. So, you know, it comes down to affordability and application. So power sports industry is taking over there Um, and you're going to hear more about it. Trust me, you're going to hear more about it. Look, guys, this episode, a lot more exciting stuff coming this weekend. Uh, or this week, shall I say, stay tuned, find me on my social medias, you're going to find me, Tito CP 702 my Instagram, Facebook page, go to Motorcycle Dad with Tito, and you can find the Facebook page there, okay, or email me, um, cptito702 at gmail.com, and if you got my number, well, then just fucking call me, or fucking text me, and if you don't have my number, then guess what, you just don't have it, so... Look, guys, uh, tons of good energy. I hope your week finishes strong. 
Much love and respect for everybody, and I see you when I see you. Peace.